It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome back to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura, and alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are you doing today on this Belly Up Sports podcast? We are what they aren't. LJ, I am doing uh, not bad. Would Would be a lot better if the Yankees would have pulled out a win tonight but you know it's a long season I can't ask for a win every night for the first game against the Red Sox with essentially a triple a pitcher going for the Yankees uh I can't really be that mad I mean uh, if you guys want more of a, a preview of the next two games um LJ wrote a fantastic article for belly up sports uh you know, I forget what it was he, called. He came straight out and said this series is not going to be close. Uh, you know, as a Yankees fan, it wasn't the best for me to read through that article, but it was interesting. I mean, he certainly reiterated quite a few points that uh, I've been making over the Yankee season. A lot of you guys know I'm not the most optimistic fan regarding this this current group but it's interesting yeah yeah i'll get more into this when we talk about the game uh, that this that game tonight however i think the big trend with this yankees team is overall the name yankees 
is carrying more weight than it needs to right now with this team. Carrying a little too much respect for the form that they're in. But let's go in and get into the first part of the of the day. And Brandon, I've got a world of emotions that were swirling through me tonight as I was both furious and elated with the Red Sox and furious with another game here, the United States and Canada game for quite some time. I'm not going to do a full recap of this game because the majority of it didn't matter. The majority of this game was one inning. The United States held a three to one lead going into the bottom of the eighth. Now with a runner on first, you have Tristan Cassius up at the plate. He smashes a ball to right field, which hits a tiny metal fence just past the wall and, and lands on the wall. The right fielder for Canada, they signal home run. Meanwhile, the right fielder for Canada goes and plays the ball, throws it to the cutoff man, and, and brings it in. They at first call it a home run. Turns out no one, not the players, not the umpires, not the announcers, knew the actual ground rules to the field. So apparently you've got the wall, right? You know, the thing you'd naturally think would be the end of the field. The wall, yeah, you know. Yeah. No, it's this tiny fence that they've put in behind the wall is the end of the boundary. So if it hits that, and stays like on the wall, it's still in play. So if it hits the wall behind the wall, then it's yes. a homer. If it goes past the wall behind the wall, it's a home run. Uh, all right. That's it gets screwier than from there. So at this point, it's a 5-1 game. And then one of my least favorite people in the world now Ernie Witt's dumbass comes walking out of the uh, dugout, pissing and moaning. So they go back, they look at it, they see that this did in fact hit this tiny wall, which makes no sense to being there. And they take away the home run. However, they give, they give the runner on first home because their justification later on was explained to be he didn't see that it was called home run until he'd gotten to third base. And then he slowed up on the opposite side of third base. So by that logic, he would have scored on the play. So effectively, How can effective, they say he would have scored when it hit the wall and you're on first base. Because it's up to the umpire's discretion when it becomes one of those dead ball situations, because it's, it's screwed up because basically what happened was it was a ground rule double, but it wasn't a ground rule double because the right fielder played it and it never went like out. So like if the right fielder had just thrown his arms up to signal for the right ground rule double, no run scores there. So if the right fielder chooses to not play baseball. If, if the right fielder chooses not to jump up and grab the ball off the top of the wall and then throw it to the cutoff, it would be runners on second and third. Instead, because the guy was already there when he saw the home run call, it was at their umpire's discretion. They said that if he, if the home run hadn't been called and he hadn't slowed down, he would have been home. This, of course, ups, clearly upset Ernie Witt's socialist ass, and he comes trudging out of the 
dugout once again. Um, for Team Canada. For Team Canada, yes. We don't, we don't, we, they're not U.S. We don't like them. Um, and starts pissing and moaning about that and just can't wrap his head around it and wastes at least 10 minutes of my life with that. He then decides that he wants to play this game under protest. So they have to bring out a technical official with the protest form. He has to stumble back into the Canadian dugout, fill out the protest form, which takes like 10 minutes. Meanwhile, the the announcers were hysterical. I'm not sure who was calling this game, but phenomenal job. And then uh, he comes out. Then three out of the four umpires leave with the technical director to go file the formal protest. They need three umps to, to do that. All the while, we're still in the middle of an inning here. It's just still the buck and in a tie game, right? No, it's it's a it's now it's now a four one game. Four to one US leads. Okay. Yes. So this just first off, Ernie Witt, like just shut up, sit down, get out of the game. I'm so sick and tired of seeing his face. I would I I would I would not I would not be I would be fine if you I never had to see you anywhere in baseball again this was just the most the most aggravating night of my life and most of it came because you wouldn't stop running your mouth um anyway from there we finally eventually agonizingly get back to play and from there the U.S. is playing with a vengeance Brandon Brandon they were so pissed about this they fisted the Canadian national team deeper than Jim Henson used to deep fist Kermit. Jesus, I was scared where this where that was going. They scored six runs after that with two outs. This is two outs in the bottom of the eighth, and Canada managed manages to give up six earned runs, including another almost home run for Jaron Duran that turned out to be a triple because it, it hit the same spot in left field. And they end up falling 10 to 1. So the protest form, it, it didn't mean much. But he got, it, he got his wish. He played the game under protest. Good for you, Lou. Good for you. Or not Lou, Ernie. Now I have to wonder, now let's say you're playing the game under protest, right? Like they were. And like you said, that same, that same situation happened where the ball hits the wall. Can you protest during the protest? Um, like, what if something crazy happens while the game is being played under protest? Can you be like, I also want to protest that? Well, I mean, I, theoretically, I think they could. I think the more likely situation here is if Witt had stalled out this game any longer, I think Scotia would have filed a counter-protest. There, there was legit. There was a legitimate point in this time, and they were talking about it. Uh, the announcers were that you could, you it wouldn't have surprised us if, as all of these things get so screwed up, we ended up with a protest by Canada and a counter protest by the United States. Uh, LJ, you know, Mike Sosha is. I'm not sure if you, if you've ever seen the clip, but basically, so. 
the 2001 All-Star game ended in a tie, right? Or the 2002 MLB All-Star game ended in a tie. I believe it was 02. Yes. All right. So, so in a 2002, the MLB lets the All-Star game end in a tie, which which is the, the dumbest idea ever. But um, anyways, 2003... Mike Sosha is is managing the American League side and um, chooses to argue a call during the middle of the All-Star game. Like, fully comes out, pitches his argument. He's trying to say that a runner left early on a sacrifice fly because the All-Star game matters now, LJ, because home field will be chosen in the World Series based on how these arbitrary players that only about four will end up playing in that world series um, based on how they do in a random game in July. Do you really not like that rule? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a I feel like wouldn't it just be easier if you had the better team to have home field for the World Series? That's why no, you play no, 162. You, that's why you play 162 games. Why should a game with, that, that you have no control over, like as a manager, more than likely you have zero control over it? Why should that have to choose your season? Like what is potentially the last game of your season? Well, I mean, I think they, it's, it's serving its purpose because the purpose was to create, make it not like the Pro Bowl, not like the NBA All-Star game where the players don't care about it at all. The players could care less about those All-Star games and I mean, half of them don't show up to the Pro Bowl. So by doing this, you put actual stakes to this. The majority of these top players, particularly the starters, I mean, looking at, we're going to be talking about this later in the show, but looking at my uh, all-star ballot on the American League side, all but one player is from a contending team. On the other side, all of them are from contending teams. Yeah, I haven't filled it out yet, but I have a feeling that I'm going to have a lot of guys from contending teams. But also, like, you have to remember the way that their rules are. I mean, one player has to make it from all 30 teams. Another thing I love because, like, there's a star on every team. Like, by default, someone is the face of the team. Like, like there has to there there has to be a definitively best player. This guy could be the 200th best player in the entire league, but he's the best player on the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be tough for the Rangers, the Orioles. Uh, it's not gonna be tough for the Rangers. Oh, not the, Rangers. Actually, yeah, not the Rangers. What am I thinking? I don't know. All-Star sure. is gonna start. Baltimore is gonna be is gonna be rough. Especially with the Kremer constantly getting shaken. Well, uh LJ, what do you say we get into the game recap so we can have a bit more time to talk about the all-star battles at the end of the show? 
yes, we will continue into the game recaps. And we get the game of the night, possibly the most, the biggest game of the year that isn't called Padres Dodgers. We've got Red Sox Yankees one, the game that inexplicably wasn't scheduled until two months of the season were already done. We got the top of the first things are starting off. The Red Sox get two runners on and Alex Verdugo and Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers steps up to the plate. We get an 0-2 count and Rafi Devers fires a piss missile, a piss missile so hard, so far. He needed a super soaker to help him get the range on this piss missile. It was a monster shot to right field to make this a 3-0 game for Boston. Top of the sixth, Marwin Gonzalez doubles on a sharp ground ball, which scores Xander Bogarts and Hunter Renfro, making this a 5-0 game. Uh, so a little bit of trouble for the Red Sox and Nathan Evaldi in the bottom of the sixth as Aaron Judge goes yard with no one on. And then the bases fill up a little bit here. Marwin Gonzalez Brandon, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this play. It was another one of those things where the majority of the errors this Red Sox team has made this year have been errors which never should have, like, happened. Like, you have the, I believe, was this a double error by? Yes, it was two errors in the same yeah. play, and they it, were it, both it was, charged it was, to him. It was, scored, it was scored a double error. Marwin Gonzalez should have caught that ball in the backhand. He should have fielded it cleanly. And it shouldn't have been an issue. However. Until his some... face got in the way. Hmm? I said, until his face got in the way. Yes. Until his face got in the way. And then from there, like, you just eat it. Like, the guy was almost there. And you're going to, ha- he was literally trying to throw this ball from, like, an, on the Z, he was on the Z axis and throwing this baseball to the pitcher running over to cover. So, like it wasn't an easy play and he failed it miserably throwing the ball away, which allowed a runner to score from second base. But like, those are the ones that are going to kill you where you try to do too much to make these plays work. And first off, you should have gotten it right in the first place, but you know, you, you can't like, you can't play sloppy because you're trying to do too much. And that's what he did there. That's what I've seen Raphael Devers do like five times in the past, uh, four weeks where he's just like trying to make ridiculous, like running plays on like little hoppy infield hits and throws the ball away. Cause he's trying to get, he's trying to, he's trying to get too much out of it. So that's something that certainly can be cleared up later on. However, this is how this game will end. We've got a five two Red Sox win. The winning pitcher of course will be Nathan Eovaldi. He went six innings, allowing one earned run and seven strikeouts. The loss goes to Michael King. He went five and a third, allowing four earned runs and five strikeouts. And the save to Matt Barnes, his 13th. Another spot I did not yet get to mention here is finally, 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 we have the one thing I've been asking for all year. We see all these no-hitters that have bored me to death now. All I have wanted was an immaculate inning. And I wasn't paying attention. Oh. We had the sound turned on for the U.S. game, which we had on my laptop with the Red Sox game on the TV. So I was watching the Red Sox game. However, did they mention it all in the broadcast while it was happening? 
you know, I didn't have, I didn't really have the sound on. I was uh, following along on my computer. I don't, I don't think that yes even realized it until it was the third batter. Like you don't, that's something like you could happen and you don't really think about it till the inning's basically over because no. it goes so fast. Exactly. So, yeah. So Michael King threw an immaculate inning for the Yankees today three strikeouts on nine pitches and I completely missed it. It's the one thing I've been wanting to see, but with that said, the big story of this game, a certain Yankee went shopping today. Brandon, I believe Gary Sanchez went to the hat store store and found himself this beautiful, beautiful golden sombrero. Exquisite. Yeah. Uh, he did find himself a, a golden sombrero. What he also found was a batting average that is more than 50 points worse than the Red Sox catcher, Christian Vasquez, but a higher OPS. So, oh, yeah. uh, Christian the Vasquez. Moon, the moon man has turned into C- Captain Single this year. And I'm not quite sure what's going on, but yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sure how you how it's possible to be hitting 246 and still have under a 650 OPS. Look that at just... his slugging. Go ahead and look at his slugging. I don't have it up with me right now. Christian However, Vasquez this year slugging percentage. Well, his on base percentage is 288 for a 246 batting average. So. Uh, yeah, no, a couple takeaways from this game for me. Uh, Rafi Devers home run in the first, knew it was coming. I mean, he took the first pitch about 580 feet foul, and I was like, oh, well, that's that's not good. Uh, yeah, that was that was op- that would have gone yard if it was like five feet over, and that was oppo. Uh, no, that would have been a bomb. Like, if, if that was fair by, like, he just missed it by a couple of feet. Like, if that was fair, that is a moonshot. And instead, he just goes, oh, well, I'll just hit a fair one, but just into the second deck. Just absolute porch shot. Uh, Dismissal. Yeah, he clearly has Michael King's number. Um, other takeaways... The Yankees homered off of a Nathan Avaldi, which was something I didn't think we would do. You know, he's been a guy who has kept the ball in the yard uh, very at a very, very good rate so far this year. So for Judge to go yard, uh, you know, it certainly made me feel good. But as soon as they scored the fifth run there in the top of the sixth inning, it, it was game over. I, I essentially turned the TV off. I mean – the Yankees have still yet to win a game. The only team in the MLB to yet have yet to win a game where the other team scores five runs or more. Uh, so the last team to win a slugfest, basically. And, you know, scoring two runs every game, uh, I don't know where to go from here, especially because we're making Hirokazu Sawamura, I mean, comes back out for the second inning and I'm like thinking are they crazy like what what are they doing I was also thinking the same thing I'm like what are they doing here when it's like you know I'm not saying that the the Yankees lineup is terrible I mean certainly they have their terrible days here and there but 
it's a formidable lineup, especially like LJ and I were talking about prior to the show. LJ, this is a Yankees lineup that's like, you, there's still scary names up and down the, the lineup. It's just. Yeah that's, a, yeah, that's one of the big takeaways. If uh, you don't mind me cutting you off here, Brandon. Oh, you're good. But um, my, one of my biggest takeaways, I've got a couple of Red Sox based ones here, but my biggest one is whatever's going on here at between six and nine in this lineup because it completely ruins the illusion of the New York Yankees. I like this is a team that even if you're good enough, 2018, we were the best team in baseball, possibly the best Red Sox team in history. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And I still got very scared every time we had to face this Yankees lineup with a very good pitching staff because so many guys can hurt you in so many different ways. You've got leading off, you've got DJ LeMahieu, who, again, as I said in my article, has underperformed this year, but still was an MVP last year, still not, not playing terrible right now leading off. Then you've got I wish Stan- he was the MVP last year. Hmm? I said, I wish he was the MVP last Did he not year. win MVP? No, no. Uh, Jose oh, Abreu. DJ was close enough, though. I think he got top three two years in a row. Oops. Um, anyway, yeah, that was a big brain fart there. Um, anyway, yeah, then you got Stanton, former MVP. Aaron Judge, perennial all-star. Gio Urshela, 720 OPS, but still a very formidable hitter here those five guys it's like you don't even want to be in the room because you're worried something bad is going to happen but i remember there was one inning in particular i don't remember which one urshela and um glaber torres got on and i'm like oh no things could get really really dicey here and then all of a sudden i saw rufnet odor step up to the plate it immediately felt better about the situation because I remembered they have nothing after that. Six, seven, eight, nine on this team are not batting above 200. It's impossible to score more than two runs when you can't on the, in the best inning possible, you're more, most likely only going to string together five runs at best or five hits at best. Uh, LJ, a five-run inning, and I would I'm at, I would, I'm at five I hits. Would turn off the TV f- due to excitement. I mean, I want a five-run game. I I, I, I want a five-hit game. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, like, legitimately, they could get two or three runs in an inning off of that group, but they're not gonna. Like, they're not gonna get anything all the way through because the odds of getting five straight is incredibly unrealistic. Most of the time, they would change the pitcher out. And then all of a sudden, you get into six, seven, eight, nine, and you can't bet, but you can't bet on any of them. Realistically, this Yankees lineup should not strike the strike fear into the heart of anyone. As I talked about in my article, the majority of it was me going down. And if you break this, this matchup down position by position, the Red Sox dominate just about every position right now. I mean, you, you think about it. I mean, you've got the only places that I took the Red Sox in, in and of course, read the article to see why, were the Saturday matchup against Eddie. I gave them. I gave them right field with Aaron Judge, and I gave them first base purely in largely because we don't know what the hell we're doing over there. And LJ, you need to switch that out right now. First base for the Yankees this year has been DJ atrocious. Like I put, I, I put DJ I'm, there. I'm counting the whole, but it, it it shouldn't be him. Is the thing is that yeah. Mike Ford has played more games than anyone on the Yankees at first base this year. And he's not even on the team right now, which is just, it's just a complete crapshoot. Now, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I was looking at it from a, this series standpoint, but yeah, it's not a good spot. I mean, my options were um, DJ LeMayhew hitting 259, Danny Santana hitting 125, Marwin Gonzalez hitting 199, Bobby Dahlbeck somewhere like 208. So the options I had just were not good uh, from the Red Sox. But DJ, if you put DJ there, you're at least sharing that up. But at the same time, you've got nothing at second base once you leave him out. Yeah, just a real quick, and then we can uh, breeze through the other games because there wasn't that much to really talk about today. Uh, yeah, I certainly didn't think the Yankees had a very good chance heading into this game tonight facing – Evaldi with not a great starter on the mound. So a 5-2 loss is certainly uh, not the worst result. Uh, obviously not the best result. But, you know, I th- I'm actually a little bit more optimistic for tomorrow's game. Uh, of course, Tyone on the mound for the Yankees scares me. But uh, Erod has been struggling as a late. Had a really bad May. have to see if he starts off June. Uh, Am I create? Am I crazy in saying, like, is Tyone, like, was there, like, one start that got out of hand for Tyone? And besides that, it's been fine? Uh, uh, it's It's been interesting. It's been, like, very, very up and down. And it's also, like, oh, well, he can get through five innings, but once he gets to the sixth inning, he loses all semblance of control, mechanics, uh, yeah, no, I mean, currently rocking like the five ERA, uh, hasn't allowed more than five earned in a game, but he's just like a consistent three, zero, four, four, three, one, four, just, a, you know, yeah. allows like three or four runs a game across five innings. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know I'm, how he's going to fare against this this lineup. What I was going to say, I, I do feel a bit more confident because you guys use some of your top-end 
relievers. I'm not expecting Sawamura to pitch for the rest of the series, possibly Sunday, but I would have to say he's probably done for the series. Barnes is obviously still um, – Barnes is always in play. If there is a save situation, but still had to go uh, a full inning tonight. Not that it was hard for him. I mean, that was one of the easiest no-sweat innings there in the ninth um, for him. But, yeah, I don't know. I think that the Yankees, I mean, they absolutely need to take one of these games. Do I think that's going to happen? Yes. I don't think they're going to get swept. I mean, they were able to get a split with Tampa, who's been the hottest team in the league over the past month. So uh, if you got swept by the Red Sox at home, that might be the biggest crotch shot you could have this year. Like that would take that, that theoretically should take all of the wind out of this team's sails. If you walk out of this series, 31 and 29, um, six and a half games back of the Red Sox, it would, that, that, that would be pretty much. Season's over. Season's over. That happened. It's actually over. So, yeah, and it, it's like honestly one of those things where this is this is the must-win game here. This, in my opinion, again, you have a lot of faith in Domingo. I respect that. But this is the must-win game for them because they can beat Eddie. They can beat Eduardo Rodriguez. I am very scared of this game because Eddie could easily just blow up here and we will have no shot by the fourth inning. But on Sunday, I think I honestly would would say right now, Sunday is our best our best shot. Out of if going into this, I would have picked Sunday. All right, all right. No, I'm sorry. Michael King makes a difference there, so I would have picked today. But Sunday would have been very close, um, purely because for some reason, and I'm I mean I understand it with Richards having a horrendous start, first two starts. I don't see how Eovaldi was above a four ERA going into this. Like, I've been paying attention. I can't remember enough blowups, enough bad to go with his good to not to get him up to four. But he is certainly not playing like a four ERA. Richards is also not playing like a three seven five. So, I feel very confident in those games, which means this is a much win must win for the Yankees here on Saturday. Richards just walks like a thousand batters a game, which like I'm not concerned about because the Yankees are just going to hit them into a double play. So uh, yeah, Sunday should be interesting for us too. But LJ, we went way too long on this first segment. Let's just breeze through these games and then we can talk about the all-star ballots. But uh, I believe I have the next game. That's the Pirates and the Marlins. Old friend, Key Brian Hayes, he's back. Two-run homer, bottom of the first, gives the Pirates a 2-0 lead, a lead that would then be tied by Jose Devers with a two-RBI double of his own. And, uh, yeah, we're tied at two after two innings. Bottom three, Gregory Polanco, RBI single. That would be followed up by two Adam Frazier RBI singles, a Key Brian Hayes single a Brian Reynolds double and a Jacob Stallings single. The Pirates win 9-2. They route the Marlins, give the win to Dwayne Underwood Jr. Two innings, two hits, four strikeouts out of the bullpen for him. 
the loss to Cody Poteet, the Marlins starter, two and two thirds, three earned, four walks, uh, and two strikeouts. The save goes to Chris Stratton out of the Miami bullpen, or the, the Pittsburgh bullpen, excuse me. All right, next up, we've got the Indians and the Orioles. This game didn't have any scoring until the top of the sixth. Harold Ramirez sends a triple to center field, which drives in Jose Ramirez, making this a one-nothing ball game. Bottom of the seventh, and Ryan Mountcastle goes yard for Baltimore, brings them the lead to one. Anthony Santander goes and hits a sacrifice fly in the bottom of the eighth to tack on one more for Baltimore, and they win this one three to one. Give the win to Cole Sulcer here. The loss will be given to Bryant Shaw and Jace Fry or Paul Fry, I'm sorry, will get the save here. Uh, Travis Aiken went and started for Baltimore here. He went five innings of no earned runs. And then they had Mejia on the mound for Cleveland to start this one. He went three innings with no earned runs. All right, on to the Nationals and the Phillies. Uh, this was a very quiet game. Scoring would open up in the top of the fourth with a Josh Bell double. Uh, that made it one nothing. It would be tied in the bottom of that inning by a JT Real Muto single. We're then scoreless and tied until the top of the sixth until Juan Soto takes Zach Wheeler deep. Uh, I was going to put this on the PPP, but I figure I'll just talk about it now. Uh, Soto hits the ball and immediately starts staring down Zach Wheeler. Is running around the bases. Is just staring him down. And this isn't like a stare like, I want to fight you stare. It's like, I just took you dead center. And I'm just going to stare at you because you've been one of the best pitchers in the league this year. And I just made you look silly. And that's what Soto did. LJ, I talked about on the PPP a couple of days ago how good he's been playing this year and he kind of gets left off these these names that we always like to list off because he hasn't been doing you know he he hasn't been being Ted Ted Williams this year he's been very very good but people are expecting this guy to just absolutely blow the roof off his baseball savant numbers have kind of been like Ted Ted Williams and it's just those expected stats of course so it's what he's expecting you know, what we're expecting him to do based on how hard he's been hitting the ball this year. But for a 22-year-old to be putting up these stats year after year, I mean, he doesn't strike out. He actually does not strike out at a rate that is alarming whatsoever, walks at a very high rate, uh, and made Zach, Zach Wheeler look silly tonight. And that ends up being the game-winning home run. The Nats go on to win 2-1 to one, thanks to that blast. Uh, the win to Scherzer, seven and two-thirds, five hits, one earned, nine strikeouts. Awesome start from him. Zach Wheeler takes the loss, seven and a third, five hits, two earned, eight strikeouts. And Brad Hand with his 10th save on the year, only had to get one out for it. All right, let's get on into an absolute shellacking that Houston put on Toronto here. 
We've got scoring starts in the fourth with a Jordan Alvarez double. Carlos Correa goes yard in this game. But most importantly, we've got top of the sixth, bases loaded. First ball of the at-bat, Martin Maldonado. It's a grand slam to left field, making this a 7-0 ball game. The Astros would go on to score 13 runs to Toronto's one. Their only run of the game came off of a Randall Grishik home run. And Houston gets the win here, 13-1. to Give the win to Zach Greinke. Um, if we're knocking things off of the PPP, I can hit this here. Just had his first complete game since 2016. This is a 38-year-old throwing a complete game, one run, absolutely fantastic dominance from one of their podcast's favorite players. Absolutely. We love to see that. Uh, But let's go on to the Dodgers and the Braves. Atlanta takes a 1-0 lead in the bottom of the first with Freddie Freeman's 13th homer of the year. We're scoreless till the top of the fifth where the Dodgers put up an eight spot. A.J. Pollock, fielder's choice. Julio Urias, sack bunt. Two bases loaded walks to, uh, to Justin Turner and Cody Bellinger. A Will Smith single, a Chris Taylor double makes it eight to one Dodgers. Ozzie Albies would have an RBI double and uh, then Ari Adrianzo would score on an error. Uh, the Dodgers end up winning this one nine to five. However, LJ, nine runs and four hits for the Dodgers. Uh, the Yankees offense, you could say, outperformed the Dodgers just without the runs part. But, in a way, in a way, in every way that doesn't matter, they outperformed the Dodgers. Well, Julio Urias gets the win. Five innings, four hits, one earned five strikeouts. Now, Ian, my Anderson, qu- Ian Anderson takes the loss. Tough line here. Four and a third, one hit, four earned, three walks, six strikeouts. And uh, there was no save. This is a four-run game. So, yeah, Dodgers take another one thanks to a very large one-inning output. Well, my question has to be, how many Dodgers does it take to catch a fly ball? Yeah, that was pretty bad. The one that that was uh, that, that was ball. atrocious. Um, I believe it was it in the ninth. That was in the eighth. There was a pop up to shallow left field that got the attention of three Dodgers: the third baseman, the shortstop, and the left fielder. The left fielder and third baseman, I believe it was, end up backing into each other, running into the front of each other, and the ball drops right in between the two of them, like. There was like a maybe a half a foot space in between the two of them, and it happened to find neither glove with that space exactly. Poor, poor play. Very impressive. Flop, chalop. All right, we've got Rays Rangers here. Texas got going early. They rode a four-run rally in the bottom of the fourth and a Joey Gallo home run in the fifth to take an early and commanding 5-0 lead on Tampa Bay. Then from there, they the Rays tried to rally in the 8th and ninth with a Brandon Lau home run, and then an, a Brett Phillips RBI single brings in two more, but they will fall 
five to four to the Texas Rangers. Give the win to Kyle Gibson. He went five and a third, allowing no earned runs and five strikeouts. He remained, he keeps his 206 ERA this this year, which honestly, you know, I was not expecting him to be pitching this well. I thought, you know, he wasn't, he was just gonna be middle of the line. We'll see. We'll see where he ends up finishing the year. However, I was expecting at best middle of the pack to back of the pack number one. But this is I think it's safe to say that he will not be finishing the year on the Rangers. Can we agree with that or oh um that's a that that's a that's in a very intriguing spot that I have not found on a contract for the next two years. He, it, it's He's on it for 10, two years. It's under 10, 10 million. It, it goes through 2022. Well, regardless of the contract, I think the big plus for him is the fact that it is two years. Yeah. Because that's the, literally the only thing that might stop teams from going after Max Scherzer is the fact that they have to resign him. And with the fact that he seems to only be getting better with age, they're going to have to pay. Yeah. So I, I hadn't thought about it. Um, at age 33, this team is very is, – is a long ways away in any form of rebuild that they've got going. So I would have to side with, yes, he will be on a different team. Well, all right. On Josh to- Fleming gets the loss, seven innings, five earned. Go ahead. Oh. You are good. Uh, on to the Brewers and the D-backs. Milwaukee scores four runs in the first three innings. It got led off by a home run from 2019 All-Star Game participant Daniel Vogelback, fourth homer of the year, makes it one nothing Milwaukee. Uh, a couple Brewers would add on here, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Omar Narvaez, uh, both uh, are able to bring runs in, and it's 4 nothing after the third. The big story in this one, though, Freddie Peralta takes a no-hitter into the eighth inning, uh, which then gets broken up by Nick Ahmed on a single. Uh, the next batter is able to hit a sack fly after a walk, and uh, the the Brewers end up winning 5-1, to one, uh, so... Uh, Freddie Peralta unable to complete the no-hitter, but a superb line from him tonight. LJ, I believe yesterday you had said he's number two in the GPP percentage, right? Yes. He's er, two or three. Two or three, yeah. Uh, Well, he certainly proved that he is one of the best pitchers in the league tonight. Seven and a third, one hit, one run, nine Ks. Six and one on the year season ERA down to 2.25. LJ, I know we talk about them all the time, but this this Brewers top three in their starting rotation is incredible this year. Absolutely. And their their numbers are only going to get better as the year goes on. As, as the offense can start to do something. Hopefully. Yeah, if the offense, like if guys like Christian Yelich like get really into gear. I don't mean to just pick on him, but I'm going to pick on him because he's there. He he is the entire engine of their offense with the way they have themselves set up right now. But also with Colton Wong, I believe he just hit the injured list within the last day or so. 
um, when they get him back and you have that great middle infield, you have that great outfield, their numbers are only going to get better. That's only going to help you win. So yeah, this, this was a standout performance by Peralta. I wish he'd been able to keep it up. Honestly, I, yeah, I honestly wish he would have kept it up because we could have gotten our first team no hitter this year. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When I deployed, I didn't realize that even the air I was breathing was dangerous. Since coming home, I've watched friends get sick and struggle to get the support they deserve. But now, that's finally changing. We're eligible for new VA health care and benefits based on when and where we served. Even though I feel okay, I'm going to apply for my sake and for my family. Learn more and apply today. Visit va.gov P-A-C-T. Yeah. With that, because he was already at 100 pitches going into the eighth inning. So odds are he wouldn't have come out for the ninth. You bring in Josh Hader, who more often than not strikes out two bat- two batters in his innings. So the odds of him going no hit is pretty high. Uh. Yeah, uh, something I just found very quickly. Uh, but between those top three starters on the, the Brewers, all three of them have an expected ERA in the top fifth or wow. in the top five percentile. So very, very good this year between the three of them. All right. Shall we move on to the White Sox and the Tigers? The White Sox got things going with the Yasmani Grandal home run in the second they then used a big rally in the bottom of the fifth and a home run in the bottom of the sixth by nick madrigal to attain a seven to two lead detroit did try to get desperately to get back into this game getting up as much as eight seven however then came back the chicago white Sox. bottom of the seven yasmani grandal goes yard again and then in the ninth, Yerman Mercedes drives in the game-winning run to walk this off, 9-8. to eight. Give the win to Liam Hendricks. 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 He, of course, pitched the last third of an inning in that ninth inning. Dallas Keuchel started this game. He went six innings, allowing one earned run. For the Tigers, they had Spencer Turnbull out on the mound. He went four innings long, one earned run, and the loss will be given to Jose Cisnero out of their pen who pitched that ninth inning. All right, on to the Reds and the Cardinals. Uh, Cincinnati opens it up with three runs in the top of the second, thanks to homers from Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India. In the bottom of the fifth, St. Louis gets on the board with an Edmundo Sosa home run, and it's 3-1. Cincinnati still leads. Pitchers who rake, Luis Castillo, helps out his own cause with an RBI double in the sixth. That gives the Reds a 4-1 lead, a lead that they would extend in the ninth, thanks to a Tyler Stevenson single and a Shogo Akiyama force out. 
That made it 6-1 going into the bottom of the ninth. The Cardinals get a couple runs on two doubles from Matt Carpenter and Tommy Edmond. It is meaningless, though. The Reds win 6-4. Luis Castillo finally gets his second win on the year. Now 2-8, six innings, three hits, one earned, and five strikeouts for him. Not a terrible start by any means. The loss to Kwang Hyung Kim. Now one and four on the year, three innings, two hits, three earned, and three strikeouts. You can give the save to Michael Feliz out of the Reds bullpen. All right, next up we've got the Royals and the Twins. I think the Twins are just starting to roll over at this point. No, yeah, they have completely thrown in the towel. It is, Which is so sad because, like, one of the best players in the league right now is on the IL. Like, they could have made a, a push to be, like, not terrible when he came back. I'm not saying they would ever make the playoffs. They're done with – they're broken without compare repair. However, they could have been decent with him. Now we're going to have to start um, campaigning for my boy um, Byron Buxton to get traded out of, of Minnesota. But in this game, bottom of the first, Kansas City rallies for nine runs off of Matt Shoemaker. Bottom of the second doesn't go much better as they extend their lead out to 13-0. From there, it was smooth sailing. Minnesota got five runs to cut into that deficit, while Jared Dyson had an RBI single to make this a 14-5 Kansas City win. Give the win to Brad Keller the starter of this game. He went five innings long, two earned runs and five strikeouts. The loss will go to Matt Shoemaker, who went a third of an inning, allowing eight earned runs. His ERA is now a 7-2-8. Not ideal. No, no bueno. And then you're looking at Sean Anderson, who was the next one out of the pen, is now up at a 9-3-5 for them after allowing four earned runs. Well, all right then. On to the A's and the Rockies, where Colorado certainly didn't help their pitching stats tonight. They allow six unanswered to start the game from Oakland. Oakland getting a double from Matt Olson, homers from Sean Murphy and Mark Canna. Uh, Jed Lowry, Sean Murphy, and Matt Chapman are all able to drive in more runs, and it's 6 nothing after three innings. The Rockies put up a couple of runs across the third and fourth. They get a triple from Jonathan Daza and then a couple of uh, outs that manufactured runs uh, at 6-3 after four innings until Oakland comes back. They get a Mark Canna double, Sean Murphy double. That puts the game away. Oakland wins 9-5. Give the win to Frankie Montas. Five innings, six hits, three earned, two strikeouts. John Gray takes the loss, now four and six on the year. Two and a third, four hits, five earned, two walks, no strikeouts. ERA raises to 4.29. The Rockies then bring in Chichi Gonzalez for four and a third out of the pen. He allows seven hits, three runs, and only strikes out one. All right, next up, we've got Angels Mariners. And it seems like J.P. Crawford, of all people, has Shohei Otani's number. He hits a solo home run in the top of the first and then drives in another 
runner Taylor Trammell will go home on a sacrifice fly by him, making this a 2-0 game in favor of Seattle early. But in the bottom of the third, Justin Upton will go yard. And then in the fourth, Jose Rojas sends a laser to right center to make this a 3-2 game for LA. And that was about all that happened in terms of scoring. Give the win to Shohei Otani here. He went six innings, allowing two earned runs and 10 strikeouts. The loss... Where's the loss? Uh, loss will be given to Hector Santiago. He went three innings, allowing one earned run and five strikeouts. And the save will go to Rafael Iglesias, who went six outs to get this one, pitching the entirety of the eighth and the entirety of the ninth. All right. Uh, let's do the last two recaps. First, the Cubs and the Giants. LJ, this was the laser show of the day. Chris Bryant leads it off. Homer, two-run homer for the Cubs. They take a 2-0 lead in the top of the first. In the bottom of the second, the Giants put up a six-spot. Evan Longoria, single. Steven Duger, home run. Alex Dickerson, three-run bomb. Six to two, San Francisco after two innings. Top four, Jock Peterson says, I want in on this action. Hits a two-run homer of his own, 6-4. The Cubs cut the lead down two. But in the bottom of the fourth, the Giants were not done. Jason Bossler, second home run of his career uh, to make it 7-4 San Francisco. Lamonte Wade makes it 8-4 Giants with a homer of his own. The Giants go on to win 8-5, picking up a big win over the Cubs who have been uh, red hot as of late. You can give the win to Connor Menez out of the San Francisco bullpen. Scott Casimir got the start, two innings, three hits, two earned, three strikeouts. Jake Arrieta takes the loss for the Cubs. Now five and six on the year. Two innings, six hits, six earned, uh, only one strikeout. Which Rogers is this here? Tyler Rogers gets his seventh save for the Giants. And then the last game, the or the Mets and the Padres. Manny Machado uh, really did it all for the Padres in this game. So in the bottom of the first, homers to make it one nothing, We're scoreless until the seventh when Manny Machado, once again, draws a base of loaded walk. Your final score is 2 nothing. Manny gets both RBIs. Uh, great start from Blake Snell, though. LJ, did he take a no-hitter into the seventh inning or sixth inning? Um, I would have to, I would guess sixth, seeing I did not cure. Like, they didn't make a huge deal about it. They usually anyway, don't make a deal about it until seventh. Yeah. Uh, he gets only his second win on the year, but this was a great start from Snell. Seven innings, one hit, no Runs, one walk, and 10 strikeouts. Uh, the loss to Joey Lucchese, four and two-thirds, four hits, one on three strikeouts. Mark Melanson with his 19th save already on the year, uh, rocking that .68 ERA. LJ, he's got potential for high 40s saves. Oh, easily right now. with the At the rate he is going, I mean, the, the majority of May – 
had, was kind of cruise control. But again, you have to think with when you see such a little production like that and you see so much production in April, it's going to balance out to being still a very nice clip for this man. So I would certainly say that's a possibility. Well, LJ, what do you say that we um, both talk about the w- one thing that we wanted to or two things on the PPP, and then we'll spend about uh, 15 or so minutes, 10 to 15 minutes on the all-star ballot. It shouldn't take us that long to go through them. No, it shouldn't take too long. Um, I've got two guys here. First one up is Nick Castellanos, a little update on a PPP I did the other day with him. His hitting streak has now gotten up to 20 games. And he is four six batting 468 during that span. My next one here will be the Houston Astros, who have now been flying up the leaderboards here. They are now ranked 29th in grounding into double plays. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, if you cannot catch that drip, the Yankees fell right back down to last in grounding into double plays tonight against the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fun. <laughs> well, to keep on the just crapping on the Yankees, which I do quite a bit of, and so does LJ, uh, who's the PPP for the Yankees? Not the six through nine hitters tonight. Uh 0 for 15 with 10 strikeouts. Uh, thank you, Odor, Gary, Frazier, Gardner. Love having some sort of production at the bottom part of the lineup. Uh, and then the second one I want to talk about, LJ. So on, on yesterday's show, I was complaining about how bad the umpire was in that Yankees-Rays game from Thursday. Well, LJ, the ump scorecard came out today, and I was not wrong by saying that this was one of the worst ump games I've ever seen. LJ, uh, LJ, Chad Whitson, never heard of this guy before. His overall favor for the game, plus 1.45 runs for Tampa Bay. That's okay. (laughs) He's basically giving a team a run and a half against a team that can barely score two runs a game. So you're basically already putting them at a worst case, a tie game. Uh, But he ends up calling 139 of 155 pitches correctly. Uh, That's good for a 90% overall accuracy. That's 4% worse than the average. His overall consistency. So that's, based on his established strike zone, the zone that he's established, is he calling strikes within that? He was calling it at 93% rate of consistency. The overall ump average is 96%. Uh, Not good as 50 of 58 true strikes were called correctly, 89 of 97 true balls called correctly. Brian, let me remind you something. If you take 1.45 runs away from the ra- the Rays, they still win pretty handily. No, that's not what I'm saying. I said that if you're going to give a team 1.45 runs and they're facing a team Your that team. can barely score two runs, you're essentially saying the worst that could happen is a tie game. Pretty I much mean, the worst. 
I, I'm saying right now, from a percentage-wise overall accuracy and consistency, I've seen worse. It's I, kind of jar- it's kind of worse. jarring how he completely expanded the uh, right hand side of the strike zone. Like it's very jarring in that regard. It's usually a lot of like either like you're squeezing the entire zone or you're expanding the entire zone. It's not usually left or right, but this isn't terrible. Like it's not the worst one I've seen by any means. That that first missed call is terrible. I don't care what you say on this graph here, LJ. Where that first pitch is that they're highlighting is unacceptable to be called wrong. That's how, how, how dare they mess with the Yankees? No, it's are you, gonna, are you gonna talk to the manager, Brandon? I mean Karen. I mean Brandon. Am I gonna talk to <laughs> all right? Yeah, you know what? I do want to talk to the manager. You know, he got himself thrown out in this game, which you know I, I can't be that mad at. Was trying to help the team out. Um at least yeah. uh, I, I wish that they would have been on this ump earlier, though, when uh, Ryan Yarbrough was was getting calls six inches off the plate uh, in the first inning there. Uh, I wish that they, you know, were on this ump earlier. But, uh, hey, look at it this way. At least he's not Ernie Witt, right? Yeah. No, no, we don't need any more Ernie Witts in the world. We don't. One, one is way too many. All right. As for the I leaderboard... Uh, I'm just doing war and then the home run leaderboards for today. For hitters, Vladdy Jr. leads at 3.4. Castellanos, Nick Castellanos, that is 3.1. Chris Bryan at 2.8. War for pitchers, Garrett Cole at 3.0. Jacob DeGrom at 2.8. Zach Wheeler at 2.7. Home runs, we have a three-way tie for first between the, the juniors, Ronald, Vladdy, and Fernando all tied at 17. Behind them, Adalas Garcia at 16. Rafael Devers and Shohei Otani at 15. Trail them. Also with the three-run home run tonight, Rafael Devers ties Jose Abreu for RBIs. They're both at 46. But uh, LJ, let's get on to these all-star ballots. I have mine pulled up right here in front of me. And I believe me and you are just going to run through the whole ballot. And yeah, we'll both, you know, uh, unlike the way that we do our players of the month, uh, we're actually going to be able to look at stats here a little bit, uh, be able to put a little more uh, justification behind our picks. But uh yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll be able to sure. actually remember the players that play in the American League with these ones. Yes, yes. Uh, but LJ, I'd say we start off at first base, as this is the first one that they give to us. Um, I think it's the easiest one as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you want them, so I just, I just made my two picks already. Um, you are welcome to share yours if you would like first. Yeah, so for my first baseman, I ended up going with, of course, Vlad Guerrero Jr. in the American League and Max Muncy in the National League. I think it's pretty clear, at least to me, these guys are both playing like MVP candidates in their respective leagues right now. They deserve to be starters in this game. I hope that they make it. I mean, of course, it's weird. I didn't remember 
for some reason, I don't remember them doing it in the way that they do it now. They basically have like two rounds of voting where like they eliminate a bunch of people after like June 24th for this voting. So I think definitely these these two are both going to get at least that far. I think they should both start. I had the exact same two. However, I was close to picking Freddie Freeman for my first baseman in the National League, but Max Muncie has just been playing out of his mind. Freddie Freeman, though, kind of like Juan Soto, the stats that you see on paper are good, like over an 800 OPS, but it's really been the expected stats that's been doing it for him. Uh, and I'm just going to, I'm going to go with Max Muncy though. I mean, he has been lights out. He's been walking so much, been hitting the ball hard, been hitting for extra bases and uh, not really much to say about a Vladdy Jr. You know, when you're hitting 330, you're one RBI off the league lead and you're tied for the league lead home runs. Uh, it's a solid season. So, yeah, it is. And, you know, with in regards to Freddie Freeman, one of my favorite players, but you cannot deny the fact he started ice cold this year. And I think that's still going to affect the way people look at him for a while now. However, the way he's playing his expected stats, don't be surprised when he either misses the all-star game, everybody he missed the all-star game at home in Atlanta, but um, if he misses or doesn't start the all-star game, I think he will still be the favorite, if not one of the favorites for the first base silver slugger this year. And he could easily put himself in the MVP conversation in the back half of the year. All right. Um, Who are your two second basemen? Second base uh, for the American League, I went with the hot bat. I'm going with Marcus Semyon. Uh, he just won American League Player of the Month uh, and looked very good doing it. Uh, had himself a fantastic May and is now up over 900 OPS for the season, close to a 300 batting average. For the National League here, I am not taking Adam Frazier like I've seen pretty much everyone take. Good. I'm going Ozzy Albies. Yes. Uh, is quietly having himself a very, very fine year. Uh, in terms of his hard hit stuff, he's hitting the ball harder than he ever has, LJ. Uh, previously, he'd gotten his exit velocity up uh, to 88 miles an hour average. Now he's up over 89 miles per hour this year. The barrel percentage is up. The launch angle is up. The sweet spot percentage is up. And look, Adam Frazier, he's hitting 338, but he doesn't hit the ball hard. And he's just not, I don't know, 21 RBIs from a a leadoff hitter is not bad, certainly. He doesn't really bring the power. Uh, OPS is higher than Albies, but I don't know. I think that Ozzy Albies uh, is having a, real, a really quiet year, but has been very good. It's been better than his average career numbers, I'd say. And, uh, yeah, I hope that he is able to get some, some representation this year. Yeah, defense matters, Brandon. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. And I think I'm still a little turned off over that Javi Baez play, at least too much for me to be able to not to pass up on Ozzy Albies in favor of Adam Frazier here. Of course, Albies will, or not Albies, Frazier will make the all-star game because somebody has to for Pittsburgh. However, I want to see Ozzy Albies in the starting lineup. Everything you talked about there, and then the fact that you'd get a chance to uh, – Root for a guy in his home stadium in the All-Star game is everything to me. I think it's going to be a great opportunity and experience for him to get this start here because he really has earned it this year. Yes, uh, LJ is still uh, under the assumption that this game will be in Atlanta, not Colorado. Why wouldn't it be in Atlanta? (laughs) So (laughs) he will be – just not assuming, but just acting as if it is still in Atlanta. We're not going to tell him that it got it moved. In Atlanta. Yeah, we're not going to tell you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If, exactly. if you give me a good reason why it moved, I will acknowledge. Uh, well, I think uh, you need to give me a good reason why uh, who, who I should pick for my third baseman in the, the National League because I'm looking at three names here who I am stumped between because they've all been amazing. I think there's a pretty clear option here to me, and that is Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs. He is one of the major reasons that this team is playing out of their mind right now. And this man is playing all over the, all over the place. Like he's played at least four positions this year and is still in the top three currently in wins above replacement across the majors. I I don't know what else you would expect him to do to get into this lineup. It's the only spot that he is eligible for in this list. So I'm going Chris Bryant all day, every day right here. One of the best players in the league right now. All right. I will also go Chris Bryant. Uh, Austin Riley. I mean, I, I want to put this guy in my team somewhere, but it sucks that I, I can't because Chris Bryant has been so good. Uh, for the American League, I am going to go with Rafi Devers. Uh, yep. Tonight's performance certainly didn't do it for me, but seeing him just take Mike King essentially yard twice can can we say that because that foul ball was very impressive uh just been an outstanding hitter this year you know certainly still has 
some problems defensively here and there, but is really turning a corner in his career for a hitter and uh, is one of the most exciting young bats that we have in the game. So I'm going Rafi Devers, Chris Bryant, LJ, I'm assuming you're doing the same. And now that I realize it, first, second, and third base for the American League, all AL East players. Yes, that is correct. Also, first, second, and third base, do we have the same lineup? Vladdy, Marcus Simeon, Rafi Devers, Muncie, Albies, Bryant. Yeah. Yep. And I have a very strong feeling we're going to go the entirety of the same infield, which will bring me doubts about whether or not he looked at my Twitter when I posted who I picked earlier. I did not, actually. This is my first time going through the ballot, believe it or not. But um, shortstop, LJ, uh, I will start with the National League where I will make the very obvious pick of Fernando Tatis Jr. Yep. He tied for the league lead in, in homers, despite playing like 20 less games than the other guys. So, yeah, uh, certainly the 300 batting average and 17 home runs is, uh, is doing it for me. Yeah, I, I love that. I went also with Fernando Tatis here. I think the big common theme here is there are quite a few MVP candidates this year that have already like fully identified themselves. I think in the American League here, you can pretty clearly see it's flat. It's it's Vladdy, and then there's a step down right now. However, right right on that step down and itching to get back up into that top tier right now is Xander Bogarts. I went with Xander Bogarts as my shortstop for the American League. And he, at this rate, especially if Trout doesn't like force himself back into this conversation in the back half of the year, is going to be in this conversation all the way into September. I think Fernando Tatis now, once he, if he stays healthy, will also be a serious contender this year with how he has played for the NL MVP. So you've got right now that I've already named as my favorites for this award you've got Vlad Guerrero in my lineup already Xander Bogarts at infielder in my lineup Fernando Tatis infielder in my lineup Chris Bryant infielder in my lineup so overall I mean those are the guys that have been easiest for me to identify in this group yeah I think that it just seems like that with how bad the hitting overall has been this year, it's a lot easier to pick out the guys who are, who have been really good. And of course, that's not just us all looking at the stats, but, you know, we can both tell, you know, like, oh, the hitting is down. Pretty much all the guys we're putting in here are outstanding players. Like the only one that you could really argue about, I think so far is, our second base choice in the National League, like whether or not you prefer Adam Frazier over Ozzie Albies, but LJ, I am, am I going to do this? I think I'm going to do it just because I can't bring myself to put two Red Sox in, uh, in the infield and okay. not have, I was gonna say. We're going to go Carlos Correa for shortstop. Oh. Um, as much as I hate the Astros and hate this man, and I don't hate Xander Bogarts, but I can't bring myself to submit a ballot that has both, that has an infield of four AL East players, 
non-Yankees. Uh, I can't bring myself to do that. So we're going to go Carlos Correa. Uh, has been keeping up with Xander Bogarts. Honestly, not bad. Uh, especially some of the expected stats he's up there, the, the defensive stats he's up there. This is not saying that Carlos Correa is the best shortstop so far in the American League this year. It's been Xander Bogarts, but I will not submit a ballot with both with Vladdy, Simeon, Rafi Devers, and Bogarts in the infield. I'm not doing it. So, Carlos Correa, you made it. I will laugh so hard when Carlos Correa makes this start instead of Xander Bogarts. By one vote. the, the, The National League wins this. The Yankees make it to the World Series and lose in seven. I thought it doesn't even count for the World Series anymore. Didn't we? Was that what we, what we were talking about earlier? I thought it did. No, ever since like 2017, they took the rule away. And it Why has, did they take the rule away? Because they don't want Game 7 of the World Series being decided by Adam Frazier and Trey Mancini and whatever – other bum pitcher they have to get from the Tigers. Or so, like, I to, so I have to sit here. Don't you dare call Spencer Steelio Steel girl Turnbull a bum. But I have to sit here and pretend to care about a game with no stakes. Well, you obviously have watched the All-Star game since 2017. So Yes, assuming that I had any issue that this had anything to do with it. I had no clue that they changed this rule. They might as well not have an all-star game. They might as well play with metal bats. I, I start again. I campaign again. Give me home. Give me the home run derby with metal bats and more children. All right, probably okay. not more children, but this, metal bats, please. For the, the National League catcher spot, we oh, got some competition. Just looking at some of the names that have been good this year, Buster Posey, Carson Kelly, who's in the top 10% of expected Woba, Omar Narvaez, JT Realmuto, Will Smith, Yadi Molina, Wilson Contreras. LJ, where do we go here? I mean, I don't like Posey has been good. And while it would be cool to have him catch, there's too many good catchers here that I don't want to leave out. Um, I'm going to be honest. I took Will Smith without any other pa- any pause for reconsideration. In my okay. head, I sat there. I saw a catcher. I said, who is the best catcher in the National League? My first answer that came to my head was Will Smith, and that should tell me something. Will Smith is a very good choice in my mind. Uh, not sure that I'm going to end up going with him, though. I think I'm going to rock with Carson Kelly, actually. Oh, Arizona needs an all-star. Um, I don't think that Tel Marte has played enough games to even qualify for the list. And Carson Kelly, LJ, 96th percentile in expected Woba, 86th percentile expected batting average, 97th percentile walk percentage. Uh, and framing is not the best stat for him. Uh, he's right around league average, but has been crushing the ball 894 OPS and 150 plate appearances over a 400 on base percentage uh yeah Carson Kelly very very productive at the plate this year easily the best year of his career 
goes from bottom 5% of expected WOBA in 2020 to now top 4%. Uh, and I am rewarding him for that. Uh, Carson Kelly will be my NL catcher. And uh, LJ, in, in the American League, who did you go with? Um, I ended up going with Yasmani Grandal. I know, I know from like the straight OPS, OPS plus standpoint, it's not the pick to go for, but he has been drawing walks at an incredible rate this year. And I just think that's really cool. Give me some walks in the all-star game. Let's see what you can do. And we're going to have a good time. Um, yeah. Also a quick note here, um, just so I don't forget to mention it. Easily the hardest guy for me to leave off this team and it's entirely because of this stupid Chris Bryant third base thing is Evan Longoria. Yeah. Desperately wanted to put him in this roster. Could not find the space. I could not bring myself to leave Chris Bryant off of this roster. I like the Yasmani Grandal pick there in the AL. Uh, I'm going to go with Salvador Perez, though. Uh <laughs> already at 14 home runs, which is the most out of any catcher in the league. Uh, 40 RBIs, an 840 OPS. Uh, while I do love Yasmani Grandal and everything that he brings to the plate, whether that's having the worst expected batting average, but the 88th percentile and expected weighted on base average, uh, he's been a very interesting player like we see in may draws 29 walks so he's currently rocking on the season uh well in may he had a 136 batting average but a 467 on base percentage mm -hmm. so close to a 900 ops with a under 200 batting average but yeah uh i like salvador perez there for the american league catcher but we're onto the outfield, so it's three players per league. LJ. Yeah, why don't why don't yeah. we just speed this process up? I'm going to give you right now my outfield and DH right off the bat for the American Perfect. League, and then the outfield for the National League. In the outfield for the American League, we have Dulles Garcia, Texas's representative here. Although uh, Kyle Gibson has a very good shot to make it, as well as a pitcher. Then you got Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees and Ramon Laureano. Former Glens Falls Dragon, one of the area travel team, the uh, area summer college ball teams near us. He is an alumni of them, and he will make my lineup here. And then the, D the DH this year will be J.D. Martinez. There hasn't been anyone else at the DH position that has been quite on the same level. All right. Uh, my three outfielders for the American League we're going Aaron Judge has been outstanding not much more to say we're going Adolis Garcia LJ you went with Ramon Laureano uh, I am going to go with a bit of an outlier pick here I'm going with Mark Canna uh, OPS is up there certainly uh, the home runs and RBIs aren't you know where we're used to seeing it for him but Mark Canna has been one of the better hitters in the league over the past quite a few seasons and really underappreciated still hasn't gotten all-star from it. I mean, since the 2018 season, he's at a 134 OPS plus. And I think this is the year that he could uh, really get some, some recognition. So I'm going judge Canna, Adalis 
Garcia for my outfielders. My DH, uh, it's it's got to be JD Martinez, even though I don't know how I'm going to leave Otani off my ballot. I mean. Oh, yes, actually, uh, when you mentioned that, that was actually the hot take I was saving for this yesterday that I alluded to. Um, The hot take here. Jared Walsh could make the all-star game and not Otani. No, Otani's going to make it. I'm just saying, well, well, Brandon, when you think about it, are you telling me that he is one of the five best, very best pitchers in the American League? Or three, or how many are they to choose? I forget. He's one of the best five players in the whole MLB. Right, you have to look at it from a positional spot here. Is he one of the five best pitchers? No. Is he one of the two best DHs right now, offensively? That's uh, very that's that's is that's he a, better than Jordan Alvarez. Maybe. maybe, maybe, just maybe. Nelson Cruz has kind of fallen fallen off here. Even Stanton, I think, has a case here. I think Austin Meadows has a case. Like yes. Franco Reyes, they have cases too. So, therefore. It is a very tough, you know, you think about it, Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani, and MLB, in reality, MLB will do everything and anything they can to get him into this game. However, with that being said, if you look at the player depth that they're able to have, like you can't bring five DHs into the All-Star game. It won't work. It just won't work. And so for me, I can't, I can't see him fitting in there. I can't see him directly fitting in as a pitcher unless somebody who's full-on talent is actually that up to par. He gets snubbed from this team. Meanwhile, I think the most startling thing this year, again, we talk about the offense being bad, particularly the catcher position and first base have been devoid of offense this entire year uh, as, as a whole. Like, there are not the same level of first baseman as there used to be, especially in the American League. I, I would genuinely say that Jerry Walsh might be the second best performing. Um, what do you call? What does it say? Um, second best performing first baseman out there right now. And so, Olsen, yeah, yeah. So like, I think his path is much clearer to getting into this game than Shohei Otani right now. LJ, um, we'll finish it up with the three National League outfielders. This was very easy for me. I went with both of the Reds guys, both Nick Castellanos and uh, Jesse Winker, and then finished it up with Ronald Acuna Jr. Oh, yep. And then I, yeah, I did both. I did the exact same thing Acuna, Castellanos, Winker. All right, so I will run through my ballot very quickly, and LJ can do the same. So I believe for our infield, so we both had both of Vladdy Jr. and Max Muncy at first, correct? Yes. Second base was Marcus Semyon and Ozzy Albies. Yes. Third base, Rafael Devers and Chris Bryant. Yes. Shortstop, I went with Carlos Correa and Fernando Tatis. I believe you went with Rafael, or no, with uh, Xander Bogarts and Tatis. Yes. All right, catcher, I'm going Salvi Perez and Carson Kelly. You took yep. Will, Will Smith, 
And uh, did you end up going? Oh, Yasmani Grandal. Okay. Yes. Your three American League outfielders were Adolis Garcia, uh, Ramon Laureano, and did you put Aaron Judge in there? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, my three were Judge, Mark Canna, and Adolis Garcia. National League outfielders was the exact same. Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Ronald Acuna. And our and our our DH for both of us was JD Martinez. But I am going to submit that ballot and then go and submit four more ballots, all with all Yankee players on them, uh, to finish up my day. But uh, um, real quick, Brandon, make sure you download your selections, and we will put them on the Twitter. You guys can vote. Tell us which you like. Maybe even save it, and if you're looking for a ballot for yourself, you can use the exact model of one of our ballots. You can mix it up within our ballots and just have fun with it. We'll try to get those out as soon as possible. Yeah, I will download this right now after I submit it, and uh, I'll get it posted. But okay. um, Also, also yeah. again, uh, just quick clerical announcements. We still have our merch giveaway trivia contest going we now have a brand new format which allows us to spread a bunch of different statistics from a couple of different spots out overall making this more challenging and more fun game for you all the top some of the top players in this game will receive free merch at the end of the season but you cannot win if you do not play make sure you go follow ml at mlb daily pod for that also look out for my article on the andrew benintendi trade results in the coming hours all right uh i just tweeted out my all-star ballot uh on the mlb daily twitter uh lj was i not supposed to do that um it's fine we can figure it out okay i can delete the tweet very quickly which i just did and then we can figure that out after the show okay Uh, you um, have the downloaded version yes Okay. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast. This one did run long, but got to love it. Uh, you know, we have an hour-long podcast. Well, not like hour and 20 minutes. We've extended to every day. And we still run out of things to talk about. We're going to have to talk about the uh, time to talk about things. Uh, news at some point. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff in this upcoming week but that's going to do it for this episode at least thank you for listening be sure to check us out on twitter at mlb daily pod be sure to check me out on twitter at brandon underscore caramel lj's at lj underscore vp underscore lafiora that's going to do it thank you for listening we'll see you tomorrow see you manana Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, 
and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.